All right, so we are continuing talking about relationships, singleness, marriage, all that stuff. And um, today we're addressing a question that I'm sure has been heavy on the heart of many people, which is, okay, how do I live faithfully to God if I am single? Like, what does it look like to be single and to honor God? And um, when we're talking about singleness, of course, we're, we're talking about being unmarried, right? So you're, you're not married. Maybe you want to be married in the future. Maybe you don't, but how do you honor God with, with singleness? And I know I, I've walked with a lot of people that, you know, are, are single. Maybe they're single for longer than they want to be. Maybe that, that's a discouragement for them or a challenge for them. But I, I believe the Bible shows us that we can be happy and fulfilled without being married, right? So we Absolutely. saw some of that last week's video. Um, but maybe you're a Christian and you're, you're worrying, will I ever get married how do I honor God? How do I be happy? And so this is a good question for us to discuss as well because everyone's going to be single at some point in their life. You don't, you don't start life married, right? So you go through a period of singleness at the beginning of your life. Very often your spouse will pass away. You'll be single at the end of your life. So how do you honor God in that state? So I think the Bible gives us some great advice for how to how to be single. So, what yeah. are some, Mikey? You're the obviously the resident expert on this. Oh, of course, you on know being me. single. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forget. I forget what it's like to be single. Been yes. married for a decade. So wow. So what do you what do you got for us? What are some encouragements for for how we can honor God while we're single? Yeah, the Bible definitely has a lot of encouragement that um, I think will serve us. I mean, it's definitely something that I've struggled with in the past. And, um, so yeah, I would definitely point to first, first passage that you should know if you're a single person who is struggling with this first Corinthians seven is your passage. If you are single, this should be a huge encouragement to you. So, um, I have four encouragements today from the Bible. Okay. Uh, we're going to be taking a closer look at first Corinthians seven specifically, uh, for the most part. Um, the first encouragement I have for single people is number one, remain pure. And so what do I mean by that? Well, um, remain pure. Let's actually just look at 1 Corinthians 7. That'll make it easier. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 7. Let's just read verses 8 and 9. It says, To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Mm. So something that's important to say about being Christian and being single is that part of being single is being sexually abstinent. Yeah. So no sexual activity outside of marriage. That's what's in within the semantic range of the term sexual immorality in the Bible is any sex outside of marriage is sin. It's off limits. And so an important part of being single, if you are single right now, an encouragement from the Bible for you is remain pure. Um, Flee sexual immorality. That's a huge theme in scripture. And we see that in this passage because Paul is basically saying in these verses that he would prefer that people remain unmarried, but if they cannot exercise self-control, which is important for being single because you can't engage in sexual activity outside of marriage. You have to be self-controlled. He said, if they can't, then they should marry instead of burn with passion. So this is one of the things we we discussed last week with 
the gift of singleness, mm-hmm. so so to speak, is well, is it singleness or celibacy? Some people will say, oh, there's no gift of singleness; it's celibacy. That's mm-hmm. the gift. Well, that's really just the, the same yeah, thing. Six of one, half right. dozen of another. Like singleness, yeah. biblically speaking, is a life of celibacy. Otherwise, you're you're sinning. Like God, of course, doesn't encourage sinning as right. a state of <laughs> of life. So. Yeah, they're the same thing. So it's important for us to understand if you're single, you're not sexually active. Yes. Yeah, and so that's that includes uh, not hooking up with people and things like that, but it also includes not indulging in pornography, which I know for single Christians, yeah. especially of the male variety, that is a huge temptation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and pure thoughts as well. I, absolutely. Right? You're yeah. like, well, I didn't technically you know, look at it. Okay, well... The Bible's clear. Jesus says, if you even look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Right. So, again, Ephesians 5, 3 is the standard, right? That it's sexual morality and impurity should not be named among you. Right. That's what we're aiming for. Yes, absolutely. So that is something super important. If you're single, um, step number one is act as a godly single person by remaining sexually pure. Awesome. And I, And I, as we've said before, and I'll say it again, Purity is not just a binary of like, well, I've had sex or I've, you know, right. done this in one moral act, so therefore I'm no longer pure. So I think right. uh, you should also grow into purity as well. Right. So some people can remain pure. Some people have already crossed that line, but we shouldn't look at it as if once, you, once, you're, once you've lost your virginity or once you're, you know, sexually immoral, that's it. Right. Absolutely not. You can grow and honor God by repentance. So that's what we should do. Yeah, there's grace. God yeah. sent his son to die on the cross in our behalf. So <laughs> there's Amen. forgiveness no matter what you've done. All right. So one, remain pure. Number What's one. The next one. Number two is change your perspective on singleness. Oh, yeah. So this I'm one. I'm enticed by this. This is enticing. So let's look. Let's first read uh, verse uh, eight and nine again, and then we'll skip down and read verses 32 through 35 of First Corinthians 7. So let's read that. So verse eight and nine. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And then let's go to verse 32, which says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Hmm. So 1 Corinthians 7, as I was saying, this is a passage you should be familiar with if you're single because this perspective that the Bible gives, that Paul's giving in this passage, can be really freeing for us. Yeah. So... What our culture tells us and what, I mean, even outside the church and inside the church even, is that marriage is the key to personal fulfillment because according to our world, sex and intimacy are the most important thing for for finding fulfillment as a person. And so that's why we need to honor all these different lifestyles people have because that's where fulfillment is. Yeah, and even like, like obviously there's tons of, entertainment that is just focused on sex without like any you know just like animals basically right but if you look at like romantic comedies that are not you know it's like raunchy there's there's even just a an idolization of the process of becoming 
romantically, mm-hmm. you know, in, invested or whatever. And very often the the movie ends when things start to get real. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like ends with we're finally a couple or we got married and it doesn't continue into the most important stuff. And so right. often we can feel like that's the end of the journey, but it's right. not. So yeah. So, yeah, so we have to change our perspective on singleness, on what fulfillment is, where it lies, exactly. all that stuff. Yeah, and so, I mean, another aspect of this is, the I don't know if you guys caught this, but the fact that Paul is saying he would prefer that people remained unmarried. That's what Paul's saying. In verse, seven, or verse 8, he's saying, To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. So it's important to point out that Jesus, Paul, a lot of these important people for us to be imitating were single people. Yeah. And so singleness is actually a good thing. Yeah. It's not, about that? it's not a bad thing that you're single. So you don't need to be discouraged about that. That's right. And so why exactly is this? That's where verses 32 to 35 come in. They show us that, um, Paul's basically saying for the unmarried person, they're able to devote all of their attention to pleasing God. How can they be more holy? How can they do things for him? While married people have to, in addition to that, also think about how they can please their spouse. And so what Paul's saying is, I would prefer that you're not married so that your devotion can be totally undivided for the Lord and so Mm. you could serve him greatly. And so that's a huge advantage of being single is that it's a great blessing from God because you can focus wholly on serving him without the distraction of having a spouse and family. Not that those are bad things. He clarifies that you're not sinning if you're getting married. He's not saying that. But he's saying it is a great blessing to be single because it frees you to serve God in that way. So I'm sure many people just heard you say singleness is a great blessing because it frees you to discover yourself and to make a lot of money and to you know, date around in a shallow way, right? That's what you're saying, right? Like, Heard me it wrong. frees me up <laughs> to do self-indulgent things. The right? exact opposite oh, okay, of that, okay. actually. That's good to it clarify. frees you up not to do self-indulgent things, but to have undivided devotion to the Lord, not undivided devotion yeah. to you. And and how like how radically different is that than how the world view? Because the world would say, some a lot of people would say, it's better not to marry. Right. A lot of people would say that because... You can be more happy and more, you know, wealthy, which uh, even that wealthy thing, it's a myth. It's not true. Yeah. Right. But aside from that, that's not even that important is the Bible is saying radical devotion to God either way, either way. And the burden that the challenge with marriage is going to be you're so you're so focused on serving and loving your spouse which the world also doesn't understand, mm-hmm. you know, raising kids, I would add that, that as well, that that might pull you at times away from that single devotion to eternal things, so to speak. Right. So that's the struggle, not yeah. I don't get to play as much Fortnite <laughs> with my friends, you know. Right, yeah. Very I mean, different. The perspective changes that marriage and singleness are both good things with distinct benefits and drawbacks, basically. And so... Um, when you're single, the encouragement for you is not to view your singleness as something that you need to get rid of as a horrible curse, but as something you could take advantage of now. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So we got two encouragements. What's what's the third? Number three is, I kind of spoiled it a little bit, but we'll explore this one more, is take advantage of your singleness. Yes. 
So this is a huge one. So we were just talking about the fact that as a single person, you have the freedom to devote yourself to the Lord and not to yourself and not to a spouse. So you have total freedom to live for uh, God. And so um, my encouragement for you and the Bible's encouragement is to do that, is to actually serve the Lord because you have that freedom. Yeah. And so... I actually want to point out um, Matthew chapter 6. So in the Sermon on the Mount, I think this verse is something that's super helpful. Man, I'm taking a while to get to this. You would not have won, won the sword drills when you were a kid, man. No, Come on. I, I should have just turned more pages at once. But anyways, so in Matthew chapter 6, so the passage at the end, the ESV titles it the Do Not Be Anxious passage. Um, let's just read verses 31 to 33 of Matthew chapter 6. It says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so the reason I read this verse is to point out the fact that God actually knows everything you need. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he knows that he has a plan for your life that is better than the one you have for yourself. And yeah. so that might mean being married in the future. It might be a lifetime of singleness. But what you can do is regardless of what that will be for you, which you don't know, you can trust God by obeying what Jesus says here. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and the rest will be added to you. And spouses come from God. And so you can trust that if that's something that God has deemed will be best for you, that he'll give that to you. Mm-hmm. And so you can use your freedom as a single person to serve him first, and maybe marriage will come, maybe it won't. Yeah, it's a good word. It's a good word. It's <laughs> a good word. <laughs> um, and, and don't forget the example, especially in verse 57, the example of singleness that is immediately in front of us that Paul keeps pointing to is himself. Right. And what did Paul do with his singleness? How did he take advantage of his singleness? He went all over the world starting churches and risking his life and giving to people in need, right, and working with his hands so he wouldn't be a burden to other people. So he could do things that other people couldn't. Right. You know, and he points to that in that passage and says, use your singleness for this. Right. It may not be a lifelong gift for you, maybe a temporary thing, but when you're, if you graduate from college, is your first move to how can I get the most lucrative job or the most prestigious job, whatever, or is it, well, where can I go and serve? You know, I've seen mm-hmm. Pete, God bless people in amazing ways who've said, my first year after college, I'm going to go to a church, maybe a church plant, maybe help a missions, you know, organization, something like that. But how can I serve God's church and His people? And spend a few years, you know, we, the gap year is a thing. And often that is, not always, but sometimes it is kind of self-indulgent, right? Right. And instead, why not do a gap year where you're just serving the church and investing in eternal things? You won't be able to do that as easily when you're married. Right. So do things like that, right? Take risks, um, give sacrificially, spend time with people in need, whatever it might be. Because once you're married, once you have kids, so much of your time and energy will be focused on them. Right. I don't think anyone's going to say later on in life, man, that time I spent serving God, serving the church, such a waste. Such a waste. That never panned out. (laughs) (laughs) You won't regret it. (laughs) Absolutely not.
Okay, so we got the top three. That's the three. What's the what's number four? Number four. This is a great one. Is find fulfillment in Christ for His glory, and so this encouragement is just don't believe the world's lie yeah. that the key to personal fulfillment is sex and intimacy or marriage or the American dream. That's not where you're going to find fulfillment. Your fulfillment is in Christ, and so God sent His Son to die for you on the cross, to give you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places if you believe in him. How could you possibly have that and yet think that's worthless compared to this vision of marriage that's being sold yep. to us? Yeah, yep, absolutely. And so you have the opportunity as a single person to display to the world, display to the church that Christ is all satisfying, that you can be satisfied in this life without sex, without a spouse, all that is possible in Christ. And so that is an opportunity you have is to serve him and to show that you can be satisfied in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought of John Piper has his classic saying that kind of shaped his whole life ministry is God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. And as a single person, you have a great opportunity to show that because you're showing that you are obeying God by not indulging in sexual activity as a single person and devoting yourself wholly to him because you know that's more satisfying than the marriage or the American dream or anything else. Yeah. And again, I'm repeating myself here as well, but there's a practical benefit, practical side to being content with what you have, which is the people that are discontent with singleness are going to be discontent with marriage. Right. That's how it always ends up working. And so if you're, I mean, obviously there's things that you want and you aspire to, but are you seeing the good and the blessing and what you have right now? If you don't know how to do that in singleness, you won't know how to do it in marriage. Right. And if you can be satisfied and trust God with where he's placed you and glorify him now, it'll, it'll strengthen you and help you for that next stage of, of life. So... Great. Well, thanks for those encouragements, and we're going to be digging into more of this stuff in weeks to come. Looking forward to it.